welcome aboard, whether you've got her by accident or on purpose, whether you're hijacked or here of your own free choices. Welcome to Fishing Without Bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations, where we help people explode into their lives, where we help people create their lives rather than fry them. And friends, we're going to continue our conversation with Katie Dudas on her continuing recovery from her cancer diagnosis. And then there's days where you just cannot get out of, like, I can't get out of bed because it's just like, oh my gosh, between cancer and the pandemic, it's hard to pep talk yourself out of some some of these situations. Well, it certainly is. Was there, and I know you as a bright effervescent young lady, uh, however, even under the, as effervescent as you are, I would suspect that depression tried to worm its way into your life. Oh, I was depression, anxiety, um, were huge in this whole process. And I tried and I, and I started doing a thing where I was, I was recording videos or I was putting out posts and pictures where I was trying to be once I, I went public with this whole thing, um, where I was trying to update folks on what it was like to go through this, because I don't think we talk about it a lot. We don't talk about like what goes in the process of treatment and diagnosis and, you know, what happens after you, you're, you ring the bell, like what happens after that? And, um, but yeah, it was, I, I wanted to show both sides of it. And there, there are days where I was a sobbing mess because I just, I couldn't like, what, what was the point of all this? You know, like, what was the point of fighting and putting yourself through this torture when like the, the normal and the, you know, getting back to how things were just kept getting further and further away. Okay. I would probably suspect that uh, some people would encourage you, support you, try to cheer you up. Uh, during that particular times, what worked for you and what would you pref- have preferred? I think uh, for me personally, like I lucked out because I did find some young adult cancer groups, which worked out really well for me and started hearing, I don't want to say the right things from them, but like I, I, I have most of the people I know in my life have never experienced something like this. And, and they were very much, you know, you got this, you're strong, you know, you're going to do this. And, and, and then I, I had my young adult cancer groups and they're like, Oh, this is awful. Isn't it? And you're like, yeah, this is really bad. And like, I think the balance was great, but I think with um, something with cancer, you know, they call it a battle, but sometimes it's not even a battle because you don't even know the cards are stacked against you. Yeah. Like I, I would, I would love to use a wrestling analogy where you, you think that, you know, you go into the match and you're like, yeah, I'm going to take you down cancer. And little do you know that like cancer's tag team partner has got a chair behind you and ready to take you out. And you never see it coming because it's just not an even match sometimes. And you don't even know it until, you know, till the end. Okay. So with the other uh, people who had been affected with cancer, it much like a 12 step group, uh, those people understood how you feel and you really didn't have to explain yourself or they didn't have to ask you why you were there. Yeah. You were able to, it's nice. It was nice for me to be able to talk to people who had gone through similar things. And so you didn't, okay, I'm having this very, like, for it's, this is so, sorry, I'll probably just keep jumping around, but like, it was so weird, like going through chemo and the side effects of chemo were also, um, side effects of COVID. 
So there was this like weird thing in the back of your head where you're like, is this just the chemo that's affecting me? Or do I, have I contracted COVID? Like it, so this was like this bonus level of trying to make through things and your brain just another thing having to deal with. But it was nice like having people where you could say, hey, is this something you experienced too? And they're like, yeah, this is totally normal. And you're like, oh, good. <laughs> goodness. So you could talk to people who understood. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the uh, most disrespectful things a human being can say to another is, oh, I know how you feel. Uh, but however, those people in that room with you, they knew how you feel. They knew how you mm-hmm. felt. And I think, I think it, it, like, I, yeah, definitely. Cause there were definitely folks that were like, I totally understand how you're feeling with this. And, and you were like, I'm not so sure like what you're dealing with is the same. And, and people, and I think uh, people like to show empathy by saying, okay, I think this is how you feel because I experienced this. And I had, I think what is a similar experience. So they try to show empathy that way. But, um, yeah, I, I think there, it was nice to have people who were like, actually knew how I felt. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so uh, so not only did you go through the medical treatment, you also sought support from uh, the cancer group. What else did you do, Katie? Uh, for another thing I did is I also... I applied and got my medical marijuana card, ah, which I, I mm-hmm, which I think I, I wish I would have done it sooner. But at the same time, I think I was so nervous with the COVID protocols and everything going on. So, you know, you only have the information you have at the time um, to make the, you know, make certain decisions based upon that information. But I did, I, I got my medical marijuana card and I elected to do drops because it, it, there's a pharmacist, uh, Matri, I believe is, Matri Matri Medical something. Ah, I'm totally blanking on their name. But they have a pharmacist who did this long interview with me and asked me what I was going through and how they could best, you know, offered suggestions. And we came up with a treatment program to complement what I was going through. So you went to somebody who had some knowledge. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the medical team was treating you with Mm -hmm. the chemotherapy. You were receiving some support from uh, like-minded individuals, like a all-step group for cancer patients, mm-hmm. and also you were availing yourself of newer alternative uh, methods. However, that had the science behind that also. Mm-hmm. Wonderful! Wow! So you were uh, covering a lot of bases. I was trying to. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so how long was the course of treatment, Katie? I did 12 rounds of chemo, uh, bilateral mastectomy with um, partial reconstruction. Also did 20, I think 26 rounds of radiation. And then I th- the only thing I have left now, well, I do, I, I, I still take a, the particular type of cancer that I had was pre- uh, hormone driven. So I am on a hormone suppression medication probably for five to 10 years, depending, you know, on how, you know, what's going on with my life. And also I have reconstruction surgery on my um, right side okay. in May. Okay. So it's a long process. Yes, it is. However, how long, how long are the treatments spaced out, Katie? 
for for example, with my chemo, the first four rounds were every other week because of the strength of the chemo that they give you. It's called the Red Devil. It's uh-huh. AC, and um, it looks like red Jello shots. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, and uh, that was something every other week. My body needed time to heal in between, and we didn't want my white blood counts to get wiped out. And then the twelve, uh, it's called Taxol, was the other type of chemo I had, which was weekly. And then we had to allow, oh gosh, I think it was like six weeks afterwards, then I could have surgery. And then I had to wait um, until I healed up from surgery before I could have radiation, which ended up being in um, late September through October. And then six months after radiation, then I, which is going to be in May, is when I'll have um, the other surgery. So, so tell us about what the radiation is like. Radiation is is such a like I, I really think of it like um, oh gosh it was one of the Bond movies where the laser where the like, <laughs> yeah but it, it's really wild because um, the I had it on my right side because that was the side that was impacted with a lymph node involvement and um, they it's a lot of getting set up like the first appointments like almost two hours long where they're taking x-rays to make sure that they, they're trying to treat just the specific area because they are dealing with a radiation. And you don't want to just willy-nilly shoot it throughout your body because one of the side effects of radiation is cancer. Nah. <laughs> which, is, which you, like I said, a lot of stuff you just kind of have to like smile about and be like, okay, <laughs> the side effect of the treatment is more cancer. Super. But they, they, they do things so they make sure that they're, they're targeting that specific area. And they're keeping, like, for example, when I got radiation treatments, I was, I held my breath to keep my chest wall away from my lungs okay. to try to protect my lungs. But it was, you know, they get you all set up in the first, um, beforehand, like I said, and then they have a whole, like physics, it's a whole team of people who get together and they figure out your treatment program and how they're going to, you know, essentially use the radiation on you. And then you have daily radiation treatments that take anywhere from, usually about 15 minutes to um, maybe like 40, I think it was 45 minutes wow. like the long days when, when they would take x-rays to make sure that they were still hitting the right spot. Uh-huh. So you were there for a while. And like, for example, with mine, I had my arms above my head the whole time, which oh, is boy. a little, you know, can be a little sore afterwards and you were exhausted and the stress of the radiation is always, you know, kind of taking its toll without you realizing it was taking its toll. So when did you begin to realize how highly trained and intelligent and really uh, amazing these treatment people are? Oh, my gosh. I, it was like every time I would like do the next, like when I would talk to the oncologist, I was like, holy cow, like she knows what she's talking about. And then my surgical oncologist, and I was like, wow. And then my plastic surgeon, and we're like, this is what we're going to do and how we're going like, did you think it like how do you like it's amazing and then like i said i didn't realize radiation there was so much involved with them you know figuring out the best course of treatment with the radiation and i was like oh they just go in zap you and done and it's like no there's there's math and there's numbers and <laughs> but it's it, it, it was i lucked out with a good specialist so specialty. you begin to appreciate the training and the expertise and experience that these people have Oh, absolutely. And I was very grateful for it because it's it's a lot of information. Well, we can certainly return to gratitude. That's a uh, mostly important, it's a most important subject. However, at this point, I think some of the uh, listeners may be thinking, wait a minute, 
uh, Katie's insurance uh, termed at the end of December. So tell us how you handled it after that. I um, I had a wonderful. So Sarah was my at, at McGee was my um, oh gosh uh, patient navigator. I knew I was going to remember the phrase if I thought uh, patient navigator. And she said, you know what? We'll get you. A, we're gonna, I'm going to help you apply for Medicaid. And I was like, okay, thank you, because I have no idea what else I'm going to do because I couldn't. Cobra was. I mean, I just lost my job. I couldn't afford Cobra. Yes. And so I, I, I was grateful that Sarah was like, all right, we'll get you, you know, just tell me this information. I'll fill out, you know, I'll help you fill out this paperwork on your behalf. And it took, I, oh gosh, I made it through the whole month of January with no insurance and no idea how I was going to pay for all of this because it was, I kept telling, you know, I, I, they knew that it was in, in, I had applied, but it takes a while for it to be processed. So you're like going into some of these appointments going, oh, just put it on my car, you know, like put it on my account. And then you're just seeing this number just go beep. and just waiting for them to approve it is just so nerve wracking. Oh. But I, I was approved, thankfully. I can't. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Indeed. So uh, actually, you were you, actually before uh, we began this interview. You were talking to me about something called toxic positivity. Can you tell us about that, Katie? I think something that I've noticed, at least with my particular cancer journey, is there's a, you'll see a lot of um, posts that folks will, you know, like other people who may have gone through something traumatic and they're like, oh, I survived because I didn't have a choice. And that that's, works for some people, but there's a lot of people who, you always have a choice. Like you, and I don't think we give ourselves credit in that regard because people, you know, well, I'm supposed to be having, you know, I'm supposed to survive this. I'm supposed to be like, I'm a survivor. I got this. I'm this big, tough person. And meanwhile, you're not necessarily that every single day. You don't wake up and go, oh, I, I'm going to, you know, I, I, since I had this near death experience, I'm going to live life to the fullest. Like all these like cliches yes. since the beginning of time. And, but it's not always the case. And then it's some, it makes things worse. I think this toxic positivity around like your cancer battle, because when you have a bad day, you're like, but my friend so-and-so just posted on my Facebook wall that I'm an inspiration. How can I be an inspiration when I can't even get off my couch? And, and, and like, so then you're like, take this step forward and it's just like right back because you just don't. It's, it's not an easy every day isn't, you know, I'm not putting on a cape. I'm not Wonder Woman every single day. And got uh, this, you know? Well, in the 12-step world, we say that all days are good. However, some days are definitely better than others. Yes, yes. And, and I think learning to recognize, um, and, and I think, like I said, giving yourself credit that it's not, no, you, you are not going to, poof, survive whatever you're going through you put in work and you deserve credit and, and to, you have to say, you know, tell yourself, you know, thank, like I, I, I've looked at my body. I'm like, thank you for doing this. Cause I don't know how you did this. Like <laughs> as silly as it sounds, I think in, in recognizing in, in my friend, you know, like people who've gone through this, it's like, you deserve credit. And sometimes you just need to give it to yourself because 
you don't, I mean, we can give up at any time and, and you keep going. And even the little steps of just like, I get out of bed and brush my teeth. That's awesome. You know, I ate something and like the little victories. The little victories <laughs> and to be aware of them and recognize them. So as of we speak, as of today, Katie, tell us about your life. Tell us where you're at in your recovery. I um so it's really weird uh, because of the lymph node involvement and the type of cancer I have. I'm not um, what you would like you I, I, I'm not cancer free. I'm visible cancer free. Like you can't if you did a scan, I probably wouldn't show up. It wouldn't show up if I had any in my body. So we're assuming that it's all gone. But there's always the chance that some is is itty bitty and, you know, maybe future tests would find it if I had it. Um, so that's why I still have to take a hormone suppression. I still take hormone suppression medication. Um, tomorrow, actually, this is random, uh, but I have a CT scan with contrast, which means I have to drink a horrible drink before we do all of it. Or, okay. No, I, I think it's the injection one. Um, see, all the tests blend together at a certain point. And um, because there was a spot on my lung that we had seen, but we didn't think it was anything, but we have to follow up every six months to make sure it's nothing. Uh -huh. So that there's that anxiety that's always there that it's like, it should be gone, I think. Cool. But yeah. So how does one be proactive about their health in your particular case, Katie? I think um, we, so we've, I've done it through one of my uh, groups. We, we talked about incorporating more vegetables in our dual diet. Uh, that they're finding that um, meat and animal products are help feed the cancer. Uh, so they suggest to eat more vegetables in your diet and adjust however, you know, accordingly. Um, I very much teeter on the, I should eat healthier, but what if something happens and I turn down this brownie? <laughs> like, <laughs> so I'm no, don't, don't ever think that I'm some sort of, um, you know, if there's a brownie, I'm probably not going to turn it down. But um, I, I, I think in something that I started doing this year, uh, going in, you know, to 2021, you know, I don't know if it's a resolution, but I, I've, I've tried to get myself to move more um, because that's important because even though you don't want to move, you should keep moving and um, that'll help you feel better in the long run. Um, I'm working on meditating more. And, um, there's this one, uh, this app, uh, the meditation app that I use helps me. It's, it, it does a check-in at the beginning of it and, um, for 10 seconds. And then I have to select how I feel and it helped me put it more into words. Um, like it wasn't just like, Oh, I I'm sad. Um, no, I was feeling, I was feeling envy or if I was, you know, um, if I was feeling lethargic, you know what I mean? Like putting things more into words besides I'm tired. Like, okay, let's go beyond tired. Like what's, what's this emotion that you're feeling? And uh, which definitely helped me a lot during this whole process because you, you, when you get to, there's so many times, at least so many times ways you can say I'm tired. And before you want to kind of deep dive into like figuring out what's really happening behind the scenes. <laughs> so what you're telling us, it's, it's important to be able to label and identify how you're feeling. And actually that gives you some power over it. Know when you can identify it. And I think, yeah, oh, absolutely. And I think it sounds weird, but sometimes I, I, I kind of not, I talk to myself in, in Wonderful. The, uh, the, okay, let's, let's have a conversation with, you know, how are you feeling? Like, okay. 
And you know what? I'm much better about asking for help and going, oh, wait a minute. I think this is a thing I should ask somebody about or ask for some assistance with, which I think is a big thing coming out of this whole cancer journey has been the ability to, okay, I can ask for help and feel better about myself without having to beat myself up over showing weakness. We have many more stops along Katie's journey to recovery, which we will be discussing in our next podcasts. And as always, we offer a free prescription at the end of every podcast. Fruits, nuts, and vegetables. Unplug your television and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. Do a kindness for yourself and do a kindness for another. Forgive yourself and forgive another. Till all are free, none are free. Namaste, my friends. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.